Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Can loved ones who have translated communicate by numbers? Where are they? What does it mean for the families involved? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 356th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and asking those unusual uh, mathematical questions is my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, we're very pleased to welcome an old friend whose case my dad and I have been following for many years. Dave Kane, a native and resident of Rhode Island, is a longtime radio talk show host, stand-up comedian, and performance artist. He is the author of 41 Signs of Hope, the moving story of his son, Nick O'Neill, youngest victim of the station nightclub fire in Rhode Island in 2003, in which 100 people were killed. The story of how Nick communicated and still communicates with his mom and dad, other relatives, friends, and even strangers through the number 41 makes for one of the most unusual cases in the annals of paranormal research, in our opinion. Along with the book, the movie 41 resulted from the case and is one of the best-produced and most moving films I have ever seen. Anyway, according to his bio, quote, Dave has been in the field of radio for over 40 years, beginning in 1962. Uh, pal, that's 50 years ago. I had no well, idea. I, I had made myself sound younger. You know how. I had is. no idea you were so old. You're old. You know, I, just realized, I must be old, and I just realized you guys are on your what 356 show. You said. Yeah, I feel like I'm on my 356 a year. And this is the first time I've been invited. Thanks a lot. Hmm. Oh, second, uh, second time. Okay. Second time. In other words, third. I was the first time on this uh, CBS edition. Anyway, excellent. We're, we're glad to have you. Anyway, um, you have been beaten by two years. He's considered the youngest syndicated radio host in America, and you started at the age of 14. He was 60. When he oh, yeah, well, that, because we didn't have Internet then, remember. That's this, true, yeah. Uh, it was real radio where you have to crank it and everything. Yeah, well, this is too. Yeah, I don't know if you have to crank it anymore. Sometimes I wonder about the studio. Anyway, uh, on the air, Dave is known for his strong views, confrontational style, and sledgehammer wit. On stage, he is known as the pit bull of comedy. Boy, who wrote that? Had him on. <laughs> Other than from hearing him on the air, Ben and I first got to know Dave about two years after the nightclub disaster when he approached our family's media company, New River Press and Barking Cat Books, about publishing 41 Signs of Hope. We did publish the book's first edition and also became great friends with Dave and his wonderful wife, Joanne. It's been several years since Dave has been with us on the show, and it's his first time on the CBS New Sky edition. And Dave's website is www41, the, the number 41, signsofhope.com. Don't miss that. So, Dave Kane, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Hi, guys, and Ben, thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be on. Oh, kidding aside, I appreciate it. I also want to take this opportunity right now to thank Paul, especially for, for choosing to publish 41 Signs of Hope. Of course, when I, when I first started it, I couldn't get arrested. Nobody wanted to touch it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, you know, nobody got it. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, Paul, but I called you. You asked me to send you a couple of chapters, and I did. And you immediately called back and agreed to publish the book. And if it were not for that, uh, I wouldn't be on the show today because nobody wanted it. Wow. Well, you know, we all have our part to play, and it's a very important story to tell, I think, certainly. 
What, what would you like me to tell you? Where would you like me to start? All right, okay. so Dave, many listeners uh, may be unfamiliar with your case, so can you tell us about the uh, terrible night in 2003 and how this all got started? Well, yeah, um, the Station Nightclub fire, uh, as you mentioned, was the fourth largest nightclub fire in the country's history. It was a little um, a piddly nightclub, um, uh, and uh, there were 400 people plus that club illegally. And there was uh, soundproofing foam on the walls, also illegal. And uh, there was a spark. The foam caught fire, and 100 people died, as you mentioned, and 200 seriously injured, and thousands of people devastated by this this loss. Our son, Nicky, was the youngest victim. He was 18. And um, my story really starts right after the fire. Um, We started to get what now we we call signs or that we didn't know what they were. You know, at at first you call them coincidences or something happens and you go, oh, isn't that weird? You know, and you kind of fluff it off. But as ours started to build more and more, I began to realize that these were not just happenstances, that there was something going on, that somebody was trying to let us know something that we didn't know about before, of course. Uh, The number 41 is important to this because... I call it 41 Signs of Hope because, as you know, um, Nikki had a thing for the number 41. Before he passed, he'd get in the car with me and say, Dad, look, it's 241. Or he'd see a license plate, Dad, look, 4141. And none of us ever knew what this was about. Um, well, when Nikki passed, he was 18 and 23 days, 41. The station nightclub was at latitude 41.41. The fire call box at the station is 4414. And on the cover of the book, which you can see on my website, is a sketch of Nicky from um, a videotape we found a year after he passed. And in the sketch, you can see his mom is holding him, and he has a little baseball uniform on, and the number on the cap is 41. Uh, He was about four months old at the time. So that started it, and then we started to get sign upon sign upon sign, not all around 41. There were feathers and music and, and, and pennies and a lot of the same signs that other people get but don't recognize them as signals from, from the other side. Well, tell us about the phone call. Yeah, the phone call is really interesting. Um, as you mentioned, Paul, I, I, I've been in media all of my life, and, and um, when the fire happened and, and it got out that Nikki was in it, I started getting phone calls from every media outlet, everybody I had worked with over the years, and I was answering my cell phone, my wife's cell phone, and our house phone. The fire was on a Thursday, and we hadn't heard anything about Nikki at all. We couldn't find out anything about anything. And and um, it was four days, and on Monday... After the fire, uh, my wife's phone rang and her cell phone, and it said Nikki. And of course, you 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 go crazy. You think, oh my God, maybe he got out. Maybe he had amnesia. Maybe he was walking the street. I thought, could it be him? And I took the call, of course, immediately, and there was nobody there. And I called uh, AT and T, a provider at the time, and explained the situation, and they traced the call for me. And um, the phone had been turned on at ten minutes to twelve and shut off and then turned on again at 10 minutes of 3 when I got the call. And I just figured that some rescue workers, you know, some of them had found the phone and were playing with it to try to find out who, who it belonged to. That night we got the call that they had had Nikki's remains and et cetera. 
Well, um, two days later, when I went to the funeral home to get the remains, the only thing that they had of his uh, was his cell phone. And the cell phone didn't work. I brought it to the cell phone company, and they told me that it had been completely shut off because of the water damage to it. So this wasn't a a rescue worker. This was Nikki letting us know that uh, that our, our ordeal of waiting was over. Wow. And it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely incredible. So you basically answered this question, but I get a little more into detail. So why the number 41? Yeah, well, why was he so interested in We don't know why that. And he neither did he. His brother Chris, uh, his oldest brother Chris, tried to help him. They, they did some numerology things. And it, it's a great number in numerology. The f- five is a great number. Uh, and four and one is five, of course. And the, we couldn't. We still haven't been able to figure out why specifically Nikki was into it, except for the fact that uh, he was a very spiritual young man, uh, and and he wrote a book. Uh, excuse me. He wrote a play a year before he died called "They Walk Among Us." The play is about teenagers who die and come back as angels. And the only other thing that we could correlate to this is within scripture. You know, the, 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 the number 40 in scripture um, usually represents, I guess, a, just a lot of time, you know, a long time. But if you read it, you know, 40 days before uh, before Easter is Lent, on the 41st day is the resurrection. You know, 40 yeah, yeah. days in the desert, and then on the 41st day he returns. Sure. 40 days after Jesus passes, he's seen resurrected. It's a and, sacred number. Yeah, and so it becomes, 41 becomes... Uh, 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 40 days, by the way, of rain, uh, in rain, and then Noah on the 41st day, the dove is released. Right. I mean, all of these have a significance. I don't know what it relationship is to Nikki per se, but that was one of the things that we came to a couple of years after thinking about this. Well, one of the things that I can't get over is how it started to affect me. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you before this this occurred, and I, I, I unfortunately didn't know uh, Nikki uh, on the hoof, so to speak, for the two of us. And uh, the, the number forty one began to manifest. Uh, now, now, sure, you know, you, you think you have a certain number, naturally you're going to see it around, but this was beyond statistical probability. For example, uh, I remember I called you as soon as the book was edited, and I know you were home with, with Joanne, and I said, "You're not going to believe this." The thing came out to forty one <laughs> chapters. Yes. <laughs> Remember and that. it was totally unplanned. It, it just, it, I, I, you know, unless you deliberately set it up that way, but I can't imagine, but you didn't. And I just, you know, it, it just kept happening and happening and happening. And I really felt that, that he, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at this, and I, and I really felt that he was he was kind of looking over my shoulder at the project, you know, and, and uh, such a benign and sweet-spirited person. Well, uh, that, that's interesting you say about looking over. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, my Skype just flashed. I didn't know. Oh. Uh, um, because when I was writing the book, one of the, one of the in, in the one of the stories, I was writing about Chris and uh, and Nikki, and uh, and I wrote uh, in the book that he, they were eight years apart. And for some reason, my computer kept underlining my word processor kept underlining eight years. And I thought, well, did I put a period? Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll write out years instead of YRS, and and I couldn't get rid of this red line, and I couldn't figure it out. So I called Joanne over, and I said, "What's the matter with this? What, what am I not doing right?" She looked, and she said, "Oh, they're ten years apart." 
And so, yeah. so Nikki was letting me know, no, 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 Dad, it's not eight, it's ten years. <laughs> well, I mean, the the the, uh, the intimacy is amazing, and one we have a hard break coming up, but um, what was about the the drawing you found on the sidewalk, and you were interested in? Yeah, how long have I got on the before the break? Uh, you got about a minute and a half. Okay, okay. Well, we uh, have to pick it up again when we come. And back. well, every morning, every morning, Joanne uh, takes a walk every morning. Oh, we got one minute. All right. Well, we we better we better call. All right, we'll start. We'll fill the time. We'll pick, we'll pick that up when uh, when we come back. But okay. Anyway, we're talking with Dave Kane. It's behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio or NewSkyRadio dot com. We will be right back to continue our discussion of the number forty one and forty one signs of hope. Stay with us. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time. Empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. up 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back with our guest, Dave Kane, author of 41 Signs of Hope. And we're talking about the amazing communications between his son and, and the family and even friends and strangers by means of the number 41, oddly enough. So, Dave, we were before the break. We were beginning to talk about the drawing that uh, you yeah. and your wife John found on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what happened was uh, I started to say my wife walks every morning, early in the morning, and um, when we had a house in Cranston and uh, it's Cranston, Nikki, Rhode Island, yeah. Cranston, Rhode Island, and yeah. Nikki loved that house, and because the boys had made a clubhouse in the attic, and it was one of those slanted rooms with the slanted ceilings, all painted white. And the, all of their friends went in and they, they painted on the walls and they did all kinds of graffiti and cartoons and tic-tac-toe, just everything. It was, it was, a, it was a real museum of, of uh, memorabilia and stuff. And so when we left that house, Nikki was very upset and, and was upset to lose that, that place. Uh, one morning, Joanne was after Nikki passed, Joanne was walking and she was talking to Nick as she does every day. And she said, you know, Nick, one of these days we're going to try to get that house back. And when we do, I'm going to bring everybody back to to put the cartoons back up and the drawings and the paintings and paste the stuff on. We're going to get everybody back, Nick. And then she said, of course, I realize I can't get everybody back. And when she said that, she looked down and there right in front of her on a, on a, on a dew-filled morning was a piece of the art construction, uh, that art paper they used to use in, in school, that cheap stuff. And she picked it up and turned it over. And on it, it was completely dry. And on it, some young artist had drawn a man, a woman, a boy, and a dog. And on the bottom had signed it, Nicholas. <laughs> now, this was it. unbelievable. As a matter of fact, I called you about it, Paul, if you remember. Yeah, you were interested in my, uh, my theory about I how that could happen. Know, yeah, I wanted to know, I mean... It's very possible, and of course, this is how spirit works too, doesn't it? It's possible that a young man named Nicholas could have gotten off the school bus and dropped that paper, and and by serendipity, Joanne went by and at that moment found it. Mm-hmm. That's a way to do it. But you sure. also talked to me about the possibility of it being placed there. Yeah, I mean, it, it is entirely possible. Uh, we have talked about this for years. I don't know if we quite understand each other, Rana, but you get you get the basic idea of the parallel worlds thing. Yeah. And uh, what I think happens when you, uh, we, we, we've taken to using the word translation rather than death, because that doesn't do it. Uh, translation is an ancient 
theological term that was used by pagans and just about everybody, Christians, and you know, to to express the change of state from one life to another. Right? And I don't believe in death. I've never seen any evidence of it whatsoever in, in 42 years of paranormal research. And what I have seen are people living parallel lives where they never died and sometimes being very aware of where they were and of who their loved ones are because the, lo the love goes way beyond one world. And uh, they, their, their ability to be enlightened and to be aware of other worlds gives us the appearance, gives the appearance to us who are not so, so aware that they are manipulating space and time. And one of the ways to do this is to communicate by literally dropping in material objects from where they are to where we are, because it's an open system. Now, is this the same thing, Paul, as when you can't find something in your house, you know you put it at place A, and it was you can't find it, and then you go back and it's exactly where you already looked? I think that's, that's exactly what it is. There, somebody has taken it to give you a hard time and then put it back just to... Oh, no, I don't, I don't know if it's... It was, see, this is one of the things I'm always saying in paranormal research is that just because something happens doesn't mean, you know, quote, the ghost did it, unquote. I think no, no. 90% of the time, it, it's not necessarily intentional. It's created by the energies. Okay. In the area. It's like when you run down the hallway, if you're in a hurry to answer the door and papers blow off the table because of the air you created, doesn't mean you knock the papers off the table. I mean, you just created the, the circumstances and the energies for that to happen. So it wasn't intentional. But some, but there are things that do certainly seem to be intentional. It had happened to me. And, and this could have been one of the things that happened to you. you know, uh, uh, barring another explanation, such as you suggested that some kid named Nikki, you know, came yeah. leaping off the school bus. And they, but, but, but that's not the point. It's almost like talking about uh, biblical uh, studies. You know, it, it's, the point is what, it's not when, where, why. It, it's, the message is the point, you know. Right, right. But, but my question is, too, you know, it, let's go to the if Nikki, if a kid named Nikki gets off the bus – and drops it, isn't it possible that this is part of the scenario sure. for Joanne to come later, that it's all planned out? That it's That's all chaos planned. theory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not, not exactly chaos theory. No. Well, close enough, I Yeah, suppose. close enough, I, mean, I would It's not think. Jurassic yeah. Park, but... Yeah, Ben, you're going to say, what, what do you think's going on? Well, these... Well, yeah, you were, you were really little when this started. Yeah, I actually, I remember going to one of the first book signings. That, it was at like a Cold Stone Creamery, I think. But anyway, um, what, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say. Now, yeah, these these things, they they don't happen per chance. I mean, I don't really believe in luck because we make our own luck. But if it's interpreted in a sort of in a sort of way, then it takes on that meaning. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because I I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm I'm open to everything. You know me. I mean, I'm open to everything. Mm. But it's just as interesting to me that I'd like to know if. If that was, I mean, someday I will, I guess, uh, if that was an intentional happening or, as Paul said, somebody was running down the hall and it, or, or do they, do they, does the other side know what's going to happen and then uses it for their own uses to, to send this message? Well, it depends which other side. I mean, there are other sides, so to speak, where people are know twice as uh, ignorant and lost as they are here and then there are others where you know you got people who are of the stature of gandhi and mother Teresa and all this 
you know, uh, so I mean, every, every that, that's that's the nature of quantum physics, er, at least interpreted this way. Everything is possible. All possibilities exist somewhere or somewhere in this 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 community of worlds, and it's uh, that's what shamans do. They go out, and, well, you know, they, and, and they get the worlds that you need and bring the stuff back, and they make it one with our world, so that somebody. Maybe didn't have cancer there. They had it here, but they brought the worlds together. And the person doesn't have cancer anymore. That sort of thing is an everyday occurrence, and um, so so that's essentially how it works. They can be manipulated. They can be used, yeah. and that's what is routine for people in the world where Nikki's consciousness seems to have come to rest because he was a a giant among among souls. Perhaps I mean that's I, I could just get that just from the never mind the book the movie. Did, a, did an amazing job of, of um, communicating what a, what a sweet spirit and, and what, what a giant among souls he was, or is. He is, yeah. yeah. And, and we've had so many people who are in this tell us that he's the, one of the most, one of the strongest spirits they've known, uh, accomplishing things. As you know, Paul, we have that EVP of Nikki's voice. Yeah, I wanted to get into some of the, okay, yeah, we got five more minutes. I wanted to get the into some of that too and the the use of mediums and psychics too. Now yeah. a lot of people on the show get impressions that I don't necessarily mean, you know, as I emphasize things or Ben might emphasize something that they think uh we might be against something completely whereas we're really not. We've had uh, occasionally mediums and psychics on the show. We don't have a lot because they all pretty much say the same thing. Doesn't mean it's not worth hearing, but you know, after a while it's not not much new to it. Uh, but th- that that being said, there are a number of them, not very many, because I don't know all that many, really, strangely enough, whom I, I do trust and I do believe are actually experiencing uh, these parallel worlds where they themselves know that they have lives and are, and are, and are sharing information. And I think it can be legitimate. I, the, what the, the thing I stress is caution to be very careful who you use, what you believe, and, and where the information is coming from. But you know, once you have, have gotten through that, and you know in your heart that it, you're really talking to, the, to this loved one, or, or there's some communication, then there are steps beyond that where I think that, that uh, acceptance is, is uh, acceptable. Well, we've had, we've had, we've had some tremendous uh, experiences with with mediums. Yeah, let's tell us about some of that. And and Nikki, well, the, the biggest one or one of the biggest ones uh, is, uh, is when we went to see Robert Brown, who's, a, who's an international medium from England. And uh, my wife got his book, We Are Eternal. It was given to her by our son, Chris. And it was the only thing that made her feel any good, uh, any better, I should say, after the fire. It gave her some comfort. So she decided uh, one night she was reading the book, uh, put the book down to go to sleep, put her glasses on the book. Next time she woke up the next morning, looked down to make sure she didn't step on her glasses, and there on her glasses on the book was a big white feather. And she said, that's it. I'm, gonna, I'm going to contact Robert Brown. So we wrote a letter to him, and his secretary gave us the first appointment he had in October of that year. And when we got there for an hour, he regaled us with things not only could he not know, but we didn't know until after we checked on some things that happened the night of the blaze. And at the end, Robert Brown pointed at me and said, your son wants me to tell you one more thing. He wants me to tell you that the show must go on. And what he couldn't possibly know, as you know, Paul, that those were the very last words Nikki spoke to me the day of the fire. 
Yeah. Uh, and it just absolutely validated for us that this was really Nikki because nobody knew that but Joanne and I. No one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just stunned us. And, and it, it was wonderful. We, it was in New York, and we went to the stage door deli and ate like a couple of pigs for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we celebrated. It was wonderful. That's great. Well, you know, I, I, I cannot imagine anything worse than losing a child. And, or, or, you know, we, I had a conversation with someone this morning that was quite moving uh, about this sort of thing. People come to us all the time and ask us, how do you handle this kind of thing when you lose a loved one. I mean, it's one thing to theorize about the multiverse and all this and that they're alive in many other places. That That's fine, but it, it doesn't alleviate the grief that we feel. Well, it, it shouldn't, really. But when my mother passed, I don't know if you knew that my mother passed away last year. Oh, no, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I know you knew her, and she really liked you. I liked uh, her, too. Yeah, and uh, well, I'm sure she still does like you. Yeah. But people wrote to us, multiple okay, you got wise guy. How do you handle you know, you know, Paul, that's it's... that's the first thing I said to myself. You know, I had been on talk radio for so many years, and I knew the answers to everything, especially stuff I knew nothing about. <laughs> and uh, I remember standing in front of a mirror the day after Nikki passed, s- crying, screaming at myself in the mirror, saying, okay, wise guy, now what do you think? Yeah. Now what do you believe, big mouth? Now tell me. It, yeah. it, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and were it not for his wonderful gifts that he's given us and other people and strangers and bringing other children in, etc., if it were not for that, I know I'd be visiting Joanne in a home someplace. Yeah, exactly. Well, that brings us to our next break, and we'll be right back with Dave Kane at our discussion of 41 Signs of Hope and the Nature of Life, really. We'll be right back again, as I say. It's uh, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. Stick with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. She doesn't own a dress. Her hair is always a mess. If cats are stealing, she won't confess. She's beautiful. Smokes a pack a day. You can wait, that's me. But anyway, she doesn't care a thing about that. Hey, she thinks I'm beautiful. Meet Virginia. She never compromises, loves babies and surprises, wears high heels when she exercises, ain't that beautiful, meet Virginia. Here she is again on the phone, just like me, ain't still be alone. 
like to sit at home and live on the president meet Virginia. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Dave. And we're back with Dave Kane, author of 41 Signs of Hope, and the experiencer of one of the most unusual cases of communication we've ever dealt with when it comes to a loved one. Okay, so we haven't talked in a very, very long time. The got to be over a year now so what has happened since we last talked well um a lot of things have happened there have been a myriad of uh, of incidences nikki you know i'll get calls or emails from people whose child has passed and uh they'll tell me that they believe that my son has brought their son or their daughter to them and i you know i'm i, I it kind of got my attention because i thought if I were hearing from my son, I, I don't know if I would say your son brought him. But obviously, Nikki, this has been Nikki's job to do, to to help young people be able to communicate with their with their parents. You know, and and he's been doing a lot of that. And these other stories that we were talking about, about what happens first, whether it's, it's how they plan it. I wanted to tell this story. Um Joanne, my wife Joanne, worried that Nikki suffered in the blaze, that he felt the flames. And for years, um, she would periodically have this, you know, this concern that something happened, that, 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 that he felt the pain. And every medium that we went to would say the same thing to us, no pain, no pain. Every single medium, no pain. Well, a couple of years ago, we were tagging a Christmas tree, and Nikki loved that. We're tagging a Christmas tree, and and Joanne was in that mode again. And being the kind, gentle, sweet husband that I am, Paul, you know, <laughs> I was screaming at her. And I was saying, when are you going to get it? This kid has told you. Every medium, Maureen Hancock, no pain. Lisa Powers, no pain. Roland Contois, no pain. Robert Brown, no pain, no pain, no pain. 
We get in the car. She's driving, and we're going up Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. And I say to her, what do you want this kid? I said, you're driving him nuts. What do you want him to do, put it in writing? <laughs> and as soon as I said that, a car coming from the other direction, the vanity plate was no pain. <laughs> And I found out who it was. It's an anesthesiologist that lives in Lincoln. <laughs> really? And he, he I called him and told him the story, and he gave me permission to use his picture in the book, uh, the picture of the uh, the plate in the book. Oh, that's now, priceless. It, that is, I mean, think about that. I mean, what what are the odds that that could happen by serendipity? It's yeah, really it's got to be. Con- it's got to be an anesthesiologist of all things. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's yes. got to be controlled on some level. Either we leave the the park at that moment. You know, I, I, that's what is so interesting about I'm going to tell you a very, very weird story from yeah. our point of view that, that in a way kind of matches up with this. Now, let, let me start by saying that I attended a funeral some years ago. And uh, you know me, I've spent 10 years in the seminary. I'm very, I tend to be kind of uh, a little bit academic, and I try to have a, more of an Eastern mentality than a Western mentality, but still you're influenced by your education. So I'm sitting there listening to the it's a Catholic uh, funeral, and I'm sitting there listening to a priest talking about how uh, the, 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 the dear departed was, you know, playing golf without greens, go back to the clubhouse and, you know, sucking up all the cakes and pie pastries you want without getting fat and all <laughs> And I said, well, that sounds great, but it doesn't sound very eschatological to me. Nothing like the beatific vision. or anything. But then, you know, I was on the way home and I said, what the heck am I doing? If this multiverse thing is correct, th- then and all things being possible and, you know, and living in many worlds at the same time, then she probably is out playing <laughs> golf and all this stuff, and I said, w- "Why not?" And that that came to mind when you told me about someone who suggested to you that Nikki was guiding others and and teaching classes and doing all these things. And the weird story is this: that in the past two years, especially with the influence of my marvelous son here, who has shown me depths to this that I never knew were there. Oh, thanks, there have been there have been experiences that I mean he operates in one circle in the multiverse, been, but I do too. Uh, I operate on another, and and I finally acknowledged experiences that I had never acknowledged before that started forty years ago when I was beginning in paranormal research, and that's the contact with other worlds and other species and other people. And you know, and finally, I not I looked in the mirror and said, Paul, just accept it, you know, and. In this world where another version of me seems to be operating, I call it the good world. And we we came out on on, on a coast-to-coast AM on this in May of 2011, and I expected the whole country to laugh at us. But we got 3,800 emails saying, we know exactly what you were saying. Thank you for saying it. I've been there, too. And everybody can't be crazy. No. So, so I mean, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about when, when you talk about him operating from other ways. In this good world, as I call it, people literally rise into the sky at night and, 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 and access through the world about other worlds where they help other people. And, and it's, it's not, and I wouldn't only call it heaven. I mean, I, whatever that may mean, it's, it's, it's a very beautiful place, but it's not too much too different from here and it just one one is there in dreams and meditation and sometimes in waking life i consider it my home 
And uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, all that being said. Yeah, well, it, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful present, too, isn't it? It, I it mean, certainly what is. a wonderful gift that we are given. You know, we started to talk before the break about living through losing a child. And I have seen, you know, we have been, had this wonderful gift of this knowledge. And so we're trying to spread it out and tell other people about it and make sure other people benefit from it. But I've also watched parents who have lost people in this, in this fire. Yeah. Who are so angry and so despondent and so lost. They are so, and they haven't opened themselves up and they put themselves in what can to me be described as a, as a hell of not, in, of not knowing that not only are their loved ones okay, but you will be too. That's right. That's what people want to know. Am I going to be okay? Yeah. Or my loved one's going to be okay? And when I do my talk, I do a talk now, uh, PowerPoint showing the, the stuff and Nikki's EVP, etc. And and that's what I want people to know because that's what I know now. I mean, I always thought I knew a little bit of it, but I knew nothing compared to what I've been trained to understand now. It's been a wonderful gift for me. And it sounds odd to say that, but that's exactly what it's been. So that sort of brings up another question. Um, how do people react to this when you tell these stories to them? Well, you know, at, at first, you know, I, I went, went trying to, first of all, try to do this talk. People, they balk. You know, they, I don't want you to come talk about how you lost your son. They think they're going to be crying all night or they're going to be bored. And when I tell them that there are, there are funny stories in this, because Nikki's funny. You know, they start to to warm up a little bit. Mostly they're afraid. I think that the big skeptics of this stuff, Ben, I think the skeptics, I call it the Santa syndrome. I think they're the ones that want it to be true the most. That's true. Are yeah. the skeptics. You know, when I was a little boy, I was about four or five years old. My sister's eight years older than I am. And I said to her one day, but Maureen... Is there really a Santa Claus? And she said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "No." I went, "Oh, Maureen!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and she said, "No, no, there is, there is." And that's what happens with skeptics. They are they want it to be true, but you know they don't want Lucy to move that football. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to get <laughs> they don't want to get caught. You know, believing something that isn't true. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think the skeptics, too. well, because, you know, the old saying, you know, for, for the for the believer, no proof is, is necessary. And for the unbeliever, no proof is ever enough. Right. So I just tell the story and I show the picture of the no pain plate. And I yeah. and I play Nikki's Nikki's EVP uh, where he says, Mom and Dad, this is Nick. Yeah. In his voice, clear as a bell. I've heard he, I've heard hundreds or thousands of EVPs and people play them for us all the time. But that. Is is really unmistakable. I remember that one. You know, and it, 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 it's, it's even if you don't know Nikki. I mean, we know it's his voice. We have thousands of hours of videotape on Nick. But I mean, you can you can't listen to that and not know. We have a picture of Joanne and Nikki on Thanksgiving Day, two years after he passed, where he's standing behind her in a hotel room. I have that. I have a copy of that picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now you can look at it and say, ah, well, you know. And if you want to do that, that's okay. I mean, I'm not here to convince anybody. The way I analogize it is if I invite you to my house for a Christmas party and you get there and I say, the buffet is in the kitchen. If you don't go into the kitchen and eat, that's not my fault. 
I've told you where it is. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to do for you. And you decide whether or not you like what you see. Oh, that's another story. But but I, I'm just here to tell the truth of what we've experienced. Well, that's true. And in the end, that's really all you can do. We don't, Well, the motto of our show is everything you know is wrong, you know, and because we don't really know anything. All we have is our experience. What God gives us or whatever you feel is being given to you, I mean, that's all we have. And we have to go on that. And we have to stick together in it, you know, and, and that from there, that's how we start to learn, in, in our opinion. And you have to trust each other that but what you're saying is not something you made up. I yeah. Mean, I mean, just just tell the truth and don't be afraid. That's another thing that stops people from talking about it because they're afraid that somebody's going to not believe them or think, you know, especially older people, you know, when they have visitations. Very true. They're afraid to talk about it because somebody's going to say, oh, the poor dear's going around the bend now. Exactly. Well, speaking of around the bend, we have another break coming up. And we will be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com with our marvelous guest Dave Kane and 41 Signs of Hope. Stay with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Oh, yeah, it's 
Music Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back with our guest, Dave Kane, author of 41 Signs of Hope and the experiencer of marvelous forms of communication by means of numbers with his son. Now, Dave, before we... this segment tends to fly by so before it does why don't you tell us about your book uh the movie uh what what you're up to your website and how people okay. can okay can well the, the the book is called 41 signs of hope and people can go to 41 signs of hope.com and um, if they're looking to get a book and we'll set them up uh also we have the the, the movie the award-winning by the way documentary called 41 and you can see the trailer and uh buy the movie at 41 the movie Dot com. That's 41themovie.com. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing speaking engagements now in New England uh, called uh, 41 Signs of Hope, where I talk a lot about what we, the stuff that we've talked about today, and I have evidence and some amazing, quote, coincidences that you can judge for yourself. Excellent. So what's this new uh, electronic voice phenomenon that you were describing during the break? Um, or what well, you hadn't known about? Or what was oh, it? we had no Yeah, What happened was... Um, uh, my wife went to see Lisa Powers, and she's in West Boylston, uh, uh, Holden now, Mass. Holden, Mass. Lisa Powers is a terrific uh, medium. And my wife is listening to some of the old uh, readings that she had, and she goes to Lisa's tape. And in the tape, she says, he's telling me you have, she said, you have three boys. And then she corrects herself. I was like, oh, he's telling me you have four boys. And, uh, at that point on the tape, there's an EVP. And during the session, Lisa was talking about her own nephew who passed, and his number was 23. And Nikki, of course, chimes in about, you know, with this four boys. And when we listen to the tape, the, right after that, there's a little boy's voice says, Mommy, like that. Mm-hmm. And it shows up at 4123. <laughs> Of so the two the two boys' numbers were there. Yeah. So obviously they were together. Very yeah. interesting. Okay, well, what experiences did your other sons have regarding this phenomenon? Well, they've all had all kinds of things. When uh, Billy is is an opera singer, when he was in college in uh, in San Francisco, he was picking out the college. He had a whole myriad of forty ones happen to take him to the uh, San Francisco Conservatory of Music, where he ended up studying. Uh, and all of the, when he went out to see it, everything around him was 41 this and 41 that. Uh, David has had, uh, amazing, uh, visits from him, uh, especially in a, in a series of readings that he's had recently. And David in, in, in the, in the, uh, documentary is the one who's the skeptic. David is the one who says, you know, I, I know all about that, uh, you know, but tell me who Nikki is. You know, don't tell me. And, but now Nikki, um, David is on board. And Chris, the oldest boy, who's a stage director, um, he and Nikki, of course, were were joined at the heart uh, for years. They're 10 years apart, but they were best friends. And he gets all kinds of messages and ideas. And, you know, when we when we put Nikki's play together, when we did They Walk Among Us, um, Billy sang for the opening of the play. Chris directed the play. And David played the part uh, that Nikki wrote for himself, Cyrus the Angel. Of course, Nikki wrote the lead for himself, 
and <laughs> and so uh, and so David played that part, and we produced we produced that as well. Mm. So we we've had a lot of wonderful feelings, and, and and we're all on board with this. Our whole family is That's really r- relishing it. In your travels, now you mentioned one case of of someone having a, a number, the number twenty three. In that case, do you feel that everyone, all of us, has a number? I, I do. I, I don't know what what significance they have to individuals, but I mean, uh, everybody when they they call them lucky numbers. Oh, my lucky number! When they play the lottery, they always play a certain number. Somebody's birth date, and I have found because a lot of people, like you, Paul, people come up to me after I speak. And they all have stories about numbers coming up at a certain time and in a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they do. And I think it does have uh, something to do with our individual being, that we are that, you know, that number is more of a part of us than just to be a lucky number. Hmm. Um, I mean, one of the other stories we had, Joanne and I were talking about, we were driving on 95 in Rhode Island one night. And talking about uh, Chris's number, which is seven eleven, he was born at seven eleven, and he weighed seven eleven. Uh. And uh, and we were talking about that, uh, and about Nikki's number forty one. And I went to take an exit, and a guy came up fast and came around me, and his license plate was seven eleven forty one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so there's got to be something to this, in my estimation. Yeah, it's really, it's it's really, really amazing. I, I love your, I love your, your talk about what do you call translation? Is that what you're calling it now? We, we do. Yeah, I've always kind of thought of it that way, and I thought it, it's far more. Remember, you and I used to talk about how our language is not up to actually discussing well, yeah, this. And we have no word that really is is good enough to talk about this. Yeah. Even mediums, even mediums say, you know, I have a client who lost their mother. Uh, yeah. in, my, in my talk, what I say is, I say we don't have the word we say lost. Uh, the comedian Bobcat Goldthwait, he used to say, "I lost my job." He said, "When well, I lose my job, I know where it is. It's just when I go there, somebody else is doing it." Yes, right. He said, and then later in his act, he says, "I lost my girl." He said, "I didn't lose my girl. I know where she is, but when I go there, somebody else." Well, never mind. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, and, well, on that cheerful note, I'm afraid we're out of time. Okay. But, uh, Dave, it's, as always, it's a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us. And we'll, 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 uh, we'll talk um, talk off the air. With the- All right. Thanks a lot, Paul, and, and, and thanks to everybody. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Dave Kane, everybody, 41signsofhope.com. So my dad and I will be speaking in Torrington, Connecticut, on July 19th, Suffolk, England, on, on uh, September 22nd, and Warwick, Rhode Island, on October, on October 28th. So watch for more info on those events at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And be sure to check out my books, uh, several of them available on Barnes & Noble Nook, the e-reader, and Amazon Kindle. Faces the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, and for anybody in New England who's interested, Rhode Island, a genial history. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we'll see you next week, July 1st, when my dad and I will do an open-line show to answer your questions and catch up on emails. The completely futile task, indeed. So, in the meantime, tune into our Boston uh, Providence Drive Time show on W O O N twelve forty AM and O N Worldwide at six PM Eastern Time every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we'll leave you this evening with a thought from the twentieth century American physicist and philosopher Richard Feynman. I think it's much more interesting to live not knowing than to have answers which might be wrong. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.